0: Hi, this is Pastor Stephen. I am the pastor of New Beginning Church in Singapore. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this podcast will build your faith. Hope you grow deeper in the word of the Lord and know Him personally in a much deeper way. Enjoy the message. God bless you. Hi, good morning. New Beginning Church. It's a new day. But God's word has not changed because God's word promises us yea and amen. And God's word continues to bring us to the finish line. Who we are, what God wants to do in us, through us, where we are right now and where the finish line is, we can be sure that God's Holy Spirit is not on the levers. The Holy Spirit is a person. And if we interacted and Fellowship with him as a person. And this is the hard part because God's Holy Spirit is in us and so he's invisible, sometimes not tangible. Doesn't make it unreal. Doesn't make him unreal. But as we continue to interact with him and fellowship with him, just like a human being whom we don't know, in the beginning it seems rather awkward when we got to know a person. We don't always click with people automatically, but as time goes on, this is my own experience in life. The people that I didn't feel comfortable with in the beginning for some human reason, people that I even thought I didn't like, wouldn't like, but ultimately they came they became some of my best friends. And that taught me to be always open, to just keep my heart open to knowing people, to getting to know who they really are before I make up my mind if there is a friendship in there or not. Holy Spirit is a person. He's not just a person, but he's a divine person. He's God. And once we treat him not only as a person, but as God, the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit sent from the Father, he's going to make a transformation in our lives. The reason why the New Testament saints were so much more powerful than the Old Testament says. It's because of the work of the Holy Spirit within them. We don't have to talk about too many people. Just focus on on on, on Peter, Peter, Simon. You know, before the Holy Spirit came upon him, he was known as Simon, Simon the Reed. You know, he was like like a reed. He he would. Blow in the wind, whichever way the wind blew, he would just be leaning towards that direction. He was not a stable person. He was not a solid person who wouldn't be changing his opinion and feelings all the time. But then, once the Holy Spirit had come upon him, he became Peter, the rock, the solid one. In Acts chapter 4, I believe, verses 8, 9, and 10, the members of the Sanhedrin They were stunned listening to Peter and John speak. It was mainly Peter who spoke. Because, by the way Peter spoke, members of the Sanhedrin, they knew uh, Peter was not an educated person. And he he spoke a bit funny, you know. He came from this area called Capernaum, where there were lots of uh, fishermen, and uh, Capernaum people didn't really speak, you know, the kind of, Bahasa Baku, they didn't speak a proper language, they didn't speak in a articulated manner, the grammar wasn't always right. They, they, they sounded a little bit kampung, they sounded a little bit, you know, rural, village-like. But these Sanhedrin members, they, they knew these guys were not educated, but they spoke with a certain kind of power that couldn't have been imparted to them through some kind of normal process. Then they realized that these men had been with Jesus. No, I think that there was a secret behind that. Not only had they been with Jesus, because they had been Jesus with, with Jesus for three years. Uh, remember that Simon had denied Jesus, even after the fact that he had spent three years with Jesus. No. The reason why they were now different, because now why Peter was able to stand up before crowds, quote scripture, and speak so powerfully and movingly, is because of what happened in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. The Spirit had now come and lived in them, not just come upon them, but now lived in them. Lived in Peter. The Holy Spirit, who was God, was bringing all the resources, the power of God to reside in him. And one more thing that Jesus had promised, not only was the Holy Spirit a person, not only was he God, but he was never going to leave us. It's not about the spirit that life in the area of the power works that we could do through the Holy Spirit, which most of us perhaps have focused on. But more on the Holy Spirit's work on the inside of us, on causing us to become all that we can be, Helping us to understand who we are. Who we are. Our identity. You know, at some point in life, people come to what they call an identity crisis. Being being a father of children who are from a mixed heritage, I understand. How they sometimes struggle not because they don't know who they are but because of what people say about who they are and when my son was younger he went to a Chinese school and I remember the first day of going to the Chinese school The the principal of the school told me that my son was going to struggle in school he wasn't even going to give him a chance he just first day of school he said your son is going to struggle in school because his mother tongue is not Chinese, and I said, "Well, how do you know what his mother tongue is is when you haven't met his mother because she's Chinese you know people won't even give you a chance people sometimes even when you have proven to them what you can do they won't they won't look at what you can do. they just criticize you for who you are, and who we are often is being created by the stories, the narrative, or what people say about us. Sometimes even by the people who love us. They they want to mold us and shape us to be able to fulfill their expectations. And you know, somehow inside of you, the more people try to do this, the more confused, the more lonely, the more lost you feel. The Bible tells us that we, are created in the image of God. See, human beings have been made in such a way that we are meant to mimic, to imitate, to be copycats. That's why we need leaders. That's why we need mentors. That's why we need good examples. Because once we see these role models, we can know how to model ourselves after them. And, you know, for much of our early life, we tend to imitate people who live around us. That's most probably going to be our parents. Yeah, most of us in our early lives, we're going to be our father's children. We're going to be our mother's children. But the Bible. Has something else to tell us because let's not forget we are made not in the image of our parents we may have a genetic in a genetic in heritage from our parents but we and even our parents and our parents parents we were all created in god's image and unless we rediscover god's image and we focus our eyes upon that image and we learn to imitate, to be transformed into that image. That's what the Bible says. And we, we, we grow up into the fullness and the likeness of Christ Jesus to become like Jesus. We're always going to be stuck in an identity crisis. People of God, don't, you don't have to tell yourself who you are. You don't have to find yourself. You don't have to let people tell you who you are you are created in the image of God give God the right to tell you who you are and that's what we're going to do in Romans chapter 8 reading from verses 12 down to 16 let's just go there Romans 8 12 to 16 as you find your Bible in Romans 8 starting from verse 12 onwards let's pray Father, we have come into your presence this morning. Even though we're not able to gather together, we're not able to be in the midst of two or three who have come together in your name. But we, wherever we are, seated, standing, we are filled, indwelt by your Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit, who is God, will never leave us. Your Holy Spirit will mold us. Your Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. Not just knowledge of facts, but knowledge of all truth, including the knowledge of who we are and what we can become. So that we don't need to be confused. We don't need to have this identity crisis. Father, speak to us this day by the power of your word. In Jesus' name. Let's not just be hearers of his word, let's also act upon his word. In Romans chapter 8, verse 12, Paul, writing to the Roman church, writes as such Therefore, brethren and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh, but to live according to it for if you live according to the flesh you will die now we have an obligation to live to the flesh because we are living in a physical body and this physical body has been used to a nature that is desiring certain things has certain needs certain wants this 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 human nature has a need to shelter clothing food comfort this physical this this nature this flesh nature in us has a need to be feeling safe. This nature within us has a need to be part of a group. Uh this nature within us has a has a need to be acknowledged, to be praised, to be respected. And then this this nature within us has a need to want to maximize our potential. We have all these needs. That's the flesh. And that's why we sometimes You know, compromise just because we are in pursuit of all these things. And sometimes we feel angry and hurt and we get upset with people because they didn't acknowledge us or they excluded us from a group or because we feel frustrated simply because we didn't get a chance to pursue some opportunity that we felt would be the only way for us to achieve our potential. That's called, according to the Bible, that's called living in the flesh. But here's another way. Paul says, because if you live in the flesh you will die, but if you live by the spirit, you will put to death the misdeeds of the body and you will live. Now the misdeeds of the body doesn't just speak about physical actions which are wrong, like you know, you know, when you're when you physically do something to put yourself in a position to steal, to lie, to hurt somebody. To backstab somebody and all these other things—the different organs of our body that can commit these sins. Well, it's more than that because the sins of the flesh also speak about a separation from God, seeking a nature which is not founded on who God is, but seeking to be based on an identity which is which we think will help us to achieve safety and will help us to get. All those physical comforts that we want, help us to be part of the group that we want to be part of. Help us to be accepted, recognized. Help us to achieve our inner goals. That is seeking an identity that is not based on an image of God. That is not that is seeking an identity that is independent from becoming who Christ is. You know, there is a part of the spirit that wants us to be just servant, servants to be servant-hearted, to be servant-minded, because that's who the Son of God was, to be like Jesus. To be like a God who is so high and yet then, you know, became flesh, to live among mortals, to be even conceived through the womb of his creation. There is a humility there, there's a humbleness there. That is the way of the Spirit. That is also a spirit-led life that causes us to have the character of Christ. So how can we put to death the misdeeds of this fleshly nature? In Verse 14 is that verse that holds together this entire passage. It's right in the middle of verse 12 to 16, verse 14, and it's the, the verse in the New Testament that probably... Inspires many people to use that phrase. What's that phrase? Let's read verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Verse 14 has that phrase, to be led by the Spirit of God. To live in the Spirit, we need to be children of God. I want you to understand verse 14 carefully. We need to understand the sequence. All right? Now, I am my father's son. I have an earthly father, of course, and I am his son. I was his son long before I began to behave like him. I was his son long before I obeyed him. I was already his son. The day I was born, the day I was conceived, even in my mother's womb, when I was born, I was already his son. And then, much later in life, I had a choice to either obey my father or to disobey him. And when I chose to obey him, it was not because he was wiser, it was not because I agreed with him, but it's because he's my father. Who he is determined my actions. It didn't matter whether I agreed with him. Whether I liked what he asked me to do, but I did it because of who he was, not because of what he was asking me to do. Now that is my dealing with my earthly father. How much more am I dealing with my heavenly father? But many of us, we do what our heavenly father asks because we think at the end of it, We expect to get a reward. Or we are afraid that if we don't do what he asks us to do, that the end of that disobedience, there will be punishment. While it is true that obeying God has its rewards and disobeying God has its negative consequences. That is not how people are led by the spirit of God. I want you to get the sequence right. We don't. Yield to the spirit so that we become the sons of God. No, because we are already the sons of God, now we can yield to the spirit. The real thing that we need to ensure is that we're the sons of God. We don't have to strive to be led by the spirit, we just need to make sure that we are positioned in an attitude of faith that makes us the sons of God. And how? John's Gospel tells us, to them that believe he gave them the authority to be the sons of God. We are not the sons of God because of our ability to hear the Spirit and to act on the spirit we're the sons of god by an act of grace and an act of mercy and an act of one man's obedience two thousand years ago he though being god emptied himself and took on the form of a human being even as a form of a servant and he was obedient throughout that existence as a human being even to the point of dying on the cross. And through this one man's obedience, we have all now been saved from disobedience and elevated and adopted to be God's children. And sometimes we forget that because we are busy trying to become what people expect of us. We're trying to fulfill some kind of self-ambition to be recognized, to realize our full potential. We're going on our own journey. We call it purpose. It's actually built on a false identity. When we are sons of God, we should know that we are sons of God, not because of what we have done, but because of what He has done. Not because of our faithfulness, because of his faithfulness. Not because of our obedience, but because of his obedience. And we need to learn, first of all, before we obey, before we try to achieve great things, we first of all must learn to rest. Rest on who we are. This is who we are. Long before Jesus died on the cross, the first man, Adam, was already made in God's image. And then Adam fell away. Through disobedience. And the and the image of God in the heart of man became dull. It became shrouded by a veil. Now the Spirit of God has torn away this veil. Now the Spirit of God has opened our eyes. Not for us to do spectacular things primarily, but for us to know who we are so that we can rest. Know who you are. You don't have to discover who you are because you are not something that is a work in progress. You are already who you are by an operation of another man's obedience. The man that the world knows as Jesus. This Jesus of Nazareth. But by revelation, we know that this Jesus of Nazareth is the son of God. And this son of God... By the operation of his obedience and his resurrection and the outpouring of the Spirit has now also made us to be a son of God. Not the son of God, but a son of God. So we don't have to struggle and we don't have to really try to be led by the Spirit. If you are the son of God, you will be led by the Spirit. You see when I was growing up at home I knew I was my father's son because he paid for everything I needed that's how I knew he was his son and of course I I knew that he was they were my parents because I was taught to call them papa mama so my knowledge was taught my knowledge was imparted to me and reinforced through circumstances in which I lived it and also my dependence on my parents for everything for emotional physical financial support but even then even though I knew I was my father's son or at least I was informed that I was my father's son I still struggle sometimes to obey my parents to sometimes even when my father had not said something to to have imagined whether he would approve of it or not. I didn't know whether my actions would win my father's approval. So I tried to do things to win his approval. I tried to please my father by guessing that if I did this, he would be happy. If I avoided that, he would also be happy. I I had to sometimes guess. But you know, if we are the sons of God, and not if we are, if we... Because we are the sons of God, as long as we grow in this knowledge of who we are and we rest in it, it is not a struggle to be led by the Spirit. Because in this dimension of being led by the Spirit, it's not about us doing great acts. In verse 15, it says, The Spirit that you receive does not make you a slave. It does not make you a slave to just do your father's bidding. It does not make you a person who is afraid of being punished if you displease your father or your owner. But you live now no longer in fear, but rather that the spirit who lives in you has brought you to be adopted as a son and now he has caused you to cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. And the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are god's children we are god's children and that's why we can receive the leading of the holy spirit but sometimes even though we are god's children we struggle to understand it we struggle to know it we struggle to believe it especially when we see how somehow we can often fall short when we see uh, the flesh in our hearts. We see that often the flesh in our hearts draws us away from the things of the Spirit. You know, sometimes God's sons behave more like the children of the devil. But I just want you to know when we sometimes give Him to the flesh, it doesn't change our sonship. Because the salvation that we have received is by way of grace. And not by way of works, it's not by way of what we do, but it's the way of, it's not, it's not by virtue of what we have done, our obedience, but it's based on what he has done and his obedience. We just call to rest. And this one basic core, fundamental work of the Spirit causes us to know that we are God's son as much as you love your parents, as much as your parents have taken care of you, especially to you young people in New Beginning Church, as much as you are grateful to your parents, your identity must be that you are the sons of the Most High. You are the sons of the creator of this universe. You are a citizen of Singapore, a law-abiding citizen Singapore, a law-abiding citizen of whatever country you come from. But that is not your foremost and basic identity, your overriding identity, who you are, which resided in you from the day that you trusted in him, that you called upon him as your savior. He's as a son of God. When you Wake up every day when you walk out of your house, when you face the challenges of life, when you are there rushing out to help somebody, you are a son of God. There's one fundamental work of the Spirit is to continue to assure us, is to continue to remind us, is to continue to tell us, no matter who the physical parents are, in reality, they may be your parents, but in truth, you are god's son and until this identity is rooted in us every other work of the spirit to lead us is going to be hindered i want to give you a bonus verse. i intended to stop in verse 16 but i'm going to go on to verse 17. now if we are children then we are heirs because everything that belongs to god belongs to the children as of God and co-As with Christ. That's the reason why Paul in the Ephesian epistle says that we have been raised up to be seated in heavenly places. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. And the sufferings of Jesus is not necessarily the physical sufferings, but the sufferings of Jesus would be. You know, that Jesus gave up comfort, that Jesus gave up security, that Jesus gave up his position, that Jesus gave up his glory, that Jesus gave up his power on the throne. And then he not just gave that up, but he then took on the form of being, being, being lower and lower. He didn't give up something, but he descended into the depths of a status far below what he was and then in that status he was required to learn obedience it was a downgrade after downgrade after downgrade imagine you buying a first class ticket paying five times the price that you would pay for an economy class ticket and then when you were about to board that plane it was found out that the first class seat that you had bought had been overbooked, had been double sold, triple sold. And because that person who who had booked that seat that you had also been assigned was more important. So now you were downgraded and then maybe they should downgrade it to business class. But then business class was the same story. It was also overbooked. So finally they downgraded you to economy class and it wasn't the economy class seat with the better rooms. Leg space, it was the economy class seat, it was narrow. It wasn't just the economy class seat that was in the comfortable area, but it was the economy class seat that was very close to the toilet. It was the economy class seat that was close to areas where all the families were with all the crying babies. That's suffering, my friends. When you are in a place where you don't deserve to be, then you also recognise when you're in a place that you don't deserve to be that nothing has changed. You are still a child of God destined for glory destined to become just like His only Son. God has adopted you and His Spirit will continue to lead you to build in you a true identity The day that you and I recognize and know that this is who we really are in spite of how we may look like because we physically look like uh, our genetic heritage and we often behave in certain ways because of the way that we've been you know wired emotionally and psychologically because of the place that we live in we've been conditioned socially but there's a greater truth in us that overrides reality. We are God's sons. The Spirit of God comes to lead us and He leads us beautifully and He leads us perfectly when we can rest in that knowledge. God bless you, New Beginnings Church. God bless you, sons of God, in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. Hope you have been blessed. This podcast is made possible by generous giving people like you. If you want to support us, please visit us at www.nbcsingapore.org. www.nbcsingapore.org God bless you.